This is a Business Radio special presentation of Knowledge at Wharton. From Jazz at Lincoln Center in New York City at the 2018 Wharton Global Forum, a gathering of Wharton alumni and faculty and some of the most influential leaders in global business, government, academia, and philanthropy, sharing ideas, insights, and inspiring thoughts to create lasting impact. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Much of the landscape about equality in the workplace has discussed the opportunities available. The same type of discussion is going on in the investment space, which has been primarily a male-dominated sector over the years. Janet Cowell is the chief executive officer of Girls Who Invest, and a pleasure to have her joining us here at our location. Nice meeting you. Thank you for having me. How did Girls Who Invest get started? So it was founded by a friend of mine, Seema Hengorani. She's also a Wharton graduate, so flying that flag. Right. And uh, she was with the New York City pension and interviewing money managers to manage money for that pension fund yeah. and just realized, where are the women? Where are the people of color? I mean, it was just not evident in the room. I got to know SEMA because I was the treasurer for the state of North Carolina. Right. Similar experiences, uh, managing the $100 billion for, for that uh, pension fund. And so uh, she wrote an op-ed in Bloomberg saying maybe we should found a group called Girls Who Invest and get more women uh, involved because one of the, the chief uh, responses by these firms sitting across the table were, well, we, we can't find any women. We don't get any resumes. Yeah. So, okay, we'll train them. You hire them. How significant is the difference percentage-wise, or has it been, male to female in this sector? Uh, finance is certainly not a leading industry, as, as you might imagine. Uh, it, women actually running money uh, are, are less than 10%. So right. even like a mutual fund industry where you'd think, oh, they have more consumer-facing, there'd be more women, 7%. So girls who invest, it, it, their main core idea is to try and, and find those opportunities for women to be able to, to get into this sector? So one is we're working with young women and right now starting with college. Okay. Um, and a lot of young women who are freshmen have no idea that the asset management industry exists, right? I mean, New York, New Jersey, maybe you get a little more exposure, but if sure. you're from the South or you grew up in Iowa, sure. you have no idea. Yeah. Um, and then people have vague notions of banking, but they don't really know what that means. So one, it's exposing them to the industry and the opportunities and uh, dispelling some of the myths about the finance industry, right? Or um, at least giving them a, a more holistic perspective that, you know, it's not all the wolves of Wall Street or, sure. you know, some of these movies they've seen. And it's not all about greed, that finance can be about social impact. And uh, as they start learning that, we have young women who uh, have the quantitative skills and interest, and we train them, and then we get them internships. And, and that mindset is a huge shift uh, you know, in terms of investing, especially in the last few years as well, the understanding that, that social investing can be such a, a key ingredient and a huge revenue driver as well. Absolutely. And we, in, as part of our curriculum, as we expose them to the asset management industry, we have a number of speakers coming in from different impact funds and talking about, uh, you know, investing for social change and, uh, you know, pensions, et cetera. So they get a lot of exposure to that. I see on the website, you would like to see as a goal by the year 2030, 30% of the world's investable capital, capital right. managed by How significant of, of a, a challenge is it to get to that point? It, I mean, it's obviously a, uh, a, a, that's a big goal, and there would have to be a lot of different streams of activities coming into play. I mean, we're working on the pipeline yeah. and building a 
army of young women who are prepared and uh, ready to go uh, in the finance industry. You also need to have culture change within the industry sure. because once they get there, as we know, there's a huge drop off, uh, a lack of retention yeah. of women and people of color in the industry. So ongoing culture change, better lateral entry programs for women and people of color. So there's got to be a lot of factors coming together to hit that number. Is there a receptiveness, though, by the industry, understanding that there is a problem and that they're willing to, to try and start to make that shift? Yeah, I've been very encouraged by the conversations I've been having as CEO with a host of firms all over the country who are rethinking the model of how they hire. I think they know that what they have been doing has not been working. We've seen more firms starting internship programs earlier for undergrads, yeah. um, starting to think more thoughtfully about coordinating their internship programs across the globe, making them more strategic, you know, more quality controls and experiential. Um, and so we've seen that across uh, private equity firms and groups that typically relied on investment banks yeah. to hire. Um, they're realizing if we wait to hire until people are 25, 26, we're never going to fix the problem. Uh, how much of this does play off of the greater concern about inequality in general across society? I mean, obviously you're focusing it on the finance industry, but I mean, there is a greater conversation going on right now, whether it be the opportunities for women, but as you said, for other races as well. Well, there's, of course, more disclosure, especially in like the UK market. People have had to start disclosing more than numbers. So I think that's yeah. putting some pressure on this movement, the whole Me Too conversation going on nationally. But I mean, fundamentally, this is a business conversation. There's been study after study now that have shown if diverse teams lead to better results at yeah. the firm level, at the asset management portfolio level. at So there's certainly an intellectual understanding that diversity of thought in all of its forms, including gender, is yeah. a good thing for business. Getting to the result is harder. Take us through the process of when you make contact and meet with a young woman mm -hmm. who has interest in being in this sector, what happens for them? Uh, well, in terms of the application process. Yeah, yeah. Or, so we have a pretty robust application. We reach out to colleges and universities around the country. We certainly uh, are making uh, special attempts to reach out to historic and socioeconomic uh, disadvantaged students. Um, but they fill out an application in the fall, and that's essays about personal challenges they've overcome, their grades, their activities, test scores. They also do a one-minute video hmm. and tell us why they want to be part of this program. Right. Um, we then review all of those. We, we had a, uh, about 600 applications this year for 100 slots. Wow. And um, <laughs> this year, we're really going to do a more targeted digital marking. So I think we'll have well over you know, 1,000 to 2,000 applications, and, I would think. This and year. so the program itself will include what? So it's a 10-week program total. Um, we have four weeks on campus, and to Penn and Wharton's credit, they stepped up to the plate for this program and said, this is what we should be doing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, a, a world's best asset management school and finance school, so let's encourage more young women to get involved. Yeah. Um, so four weeks on campus, they do things like train the street. Um, they do presentation skills. They do a stock analysis. So huh. in Philadelphia, they pick Comcast as the company. Yeah. They go to Comcast. 
they meet with the investor relations team, they work with securities analysts, and they ask all the questions, and then they have to make a stock buy or sell recommendation yeah. to an investment panel. Um, they then go for their internship six weeks. These are with firms across the country, so uh, Farallon, uh, you know, Carlisle, Blackstone, so all the, you know, top. The, the big, the the big top companies, big, yeah. and, and across all asset classes, we also have pension funds, college endowments, so the Penn Endowment, MIT Endowment are yeah. both taking students. Um, so it's a great opportunity. And it's that, all paid. And that's uh, obviously the interesting part about it is when you think about finance, I think a lot of people normally assume Wall Street right off the bat. But there are so many other elements. And obviously with your background in pension uh, and college endowments, there are so many elements of finance that, you know, that people can get involved in mm -hmm. and can find interest in as well. Absolutely. I mean, we have an intern at Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Oh, wow, uh, yeah. Yeah, helping manage money there. And obviously, they have a huge global impact. So for students that are interested in that social impact, going and working at a foundation, we also have at uh, Kresge Foundation, uh, Casey Family Foundation is taking uh, interns. So they're really deployed across the United States and even a few in Canada, uh, yeah. OMERS, the Ontario Municipal Retirement System as well as PIMCO in London, so we do have some interns in the UK. I would think that the stories now that you're starting to accumulate of people that have gone through the program and are working with these organizations, they have to be phenomenal stories of success at this point. Yeah, and I mean, some of these women have come, uh, come through really hardship stories. I mean, we've had some young women who've actually been homeless. Um, I was going to say life-changing. Gotten so into yes. a college and been able to come into this program, you know, in ways that uh, one young woman... We took them to the stock exchange, and she called her mother. It was the first time she'd ever left the city without, <laughs> uh, and just telling her mother, like, oh, my gosh, I'm on the floor of the stock exchange. There's, there's part of it also that, and as you said, from young girls that are, are in some cases living in very much a hardship, it, it's the lifting up. It's giving them the opportunity. It's seeing that light kind of develop, which probably has to be a, a, a huge lift to you. What a fun job, right? To yeah. work with 18 yeah. and 19 year olds who yeah. are bright and optimistic and absorbing it all like a sponge. What do you think then, having this type of a program, and obviously I would imagine there's, you know, a, a, you're looking at ways to expand it even further mm -hmm. because of the impact that you want to see in the years to come. But what are those goals? What, what is that, that grand belief that, that you would like to see in the years to come? Well, I mean, to me, the combination of women and finance and education is just one of the most powerful on the globe. Uh, I think we've seen study after study. If, if women can manage their own money, like even in rural, you know, India, then families are better. Violence is reduced. Yeah. Nutrition goes up, all these things. And then this is at the top of the food chain. But if more women manage money at portfolios, you see greater diversity of hiring you know, more optimization of portfolio returns. It's, I mean, it's a better outcome with so many collateral benefits. Um, so we just want to keep growing the program. I think we're, there are so many more talented young women out there that can't get a seat. So next year we'll uh, expand again. So hopefully next year it'll be 150 young women, not 100. We've yeah. also done online programs. So we're sure. partnered with the Chartered Financial Analyst Institute. They offer about 200 um, foundations online course. So that's building another pipeline. We've got another 80 women doing uh, the Wharton Business and Financial Modeling Certificate course. Sure. Who um, can also participate. So 
we've got about 350 young women this summer, and next summer I'm sure we'll be, you know, over 500. And you just keep growing those cohorts, and yeah. I think you start chipping away and making a difference. Janet Cowell, who is the CEO of Girls Who Invest, joining us here on uh, Knowledge at Wharton at the Wharton Global Forum in New York City. I, I would think at some point, and it may not be there right now, but at some point you think internationally for a program like this because the issues of inequality are not just linked to the United States. They are obviously global yeah. at this point. Absolutely. And, and to be able to provide those opportunities around the globe. Absolutely. Uh, we, we have gotten a lot of applications from very talented foreign students that were not as able to accommodate in this program. But I think, you know, London, Singapore, Delhi, we've had a number of universities reach out to us interested yeah. in potentially starting international. So I think we're definitely, we will definitely look at that um, and, and take that to the board and, and think about, you know, what, what's feasible, maybe not uh, next summer, but the following we could start an international. You mentioned the support of, uh, of the Wharton School, uh, support from the business community to, to bring these ideas forward. We're, as like I said, we're oversubscribed, uh, and we have so many firms wanted to take an intern that couldn't, and then the firms like a Pimco on the West Coast, they want to see a West Coast school do it. I mean, <laughs> they, they want. I think they want to help make those connections. Sure. Um, and have found obviously a value in the program. Janet Cal, CEO of Girls Who Invest, joining us here on the on our show. As you got into this, and as you said, you were managing funds in North Carolina in pension. What was it that initially drew you to think this is this is a, an idea that has long been overdue? I, you know, you mentioned your partnership with uh, with another Wharton grad, but I mean, this is something that is really core, even maybe even in the education space at the high school level, that we need to look more financial education in this country. Well, and these were issues that I started working on seriously uh, as treasurer. So just in North Carolina, I uh, actually sat on the state school board as part of being treasurer, and we got financial literacy into the curriculum because you just see the need, right? I right. mean, this I became treasurer after the financial crash, and you saw students with you know debt they couldn't pay back, people yes. with credit card debts, bankruptcies, and you just saw that, you know, one, we need more financial literacy. This is a, you know, a more uh, defined niche, which is on the asset management side. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's very clear in this country that we need more financial education and management. Janet, great meeting you. Thank you for coming by today. Thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.